that's where you can really make some good money if you're a, a land investor is what's its potential. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How about you, Todd? Man, I'm doing good. Um, just another day in paradise. Halfway through the year, more than halfway through the year, um, I'm actually taking time this week to go through my 2023 goals, to reflect back on those, to look at, hey, what did what did I make as my goals? And then say, all right, I, I probably missed on some things, or maybe I'm changing directions on a few things. And so what do I want the rest of 2023 to look like? And I think that's a good exercise for people. I think a lot of times we write these goals, we set them to the side, we never look at them again. Uh, I think you should be looking at them quite frequently, if not once a month, um, at least once a quarter, uh, but maybe even more than that, uh, daily is okay or weekly is okay too. So I think that it's good to review, uh, but things change in the year and this year, maybe not more than any, but this year things have definitely changed. I mean, interest rates have skyrocketed and, and just the overall appetite in the market is totally different than it was even in the beginning of the year, even in, in, you know, uh, January and, um, December when I wrote the goals. So uh, time to reflect back and go, okay, what changes do we need to make? How do we want the rest of the year to end? Yeah. And how the market is going to look at the end of this year is certainly going to be a lot different, I think, than the beginning of the year. And that's one thing I've I've definitely always um, taken with my goals is, is goals are a great thing to have, uh, but they're, they're certainly not a measure of success when it comes to business. Now, long-term goals maybe are more of a measure of, of success, uh, but goals are meant to be disrupted. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, right, your goals are not going to always happen the way you assume they were going to because the market's always changing and the market doesn't wait for you, right? Just because, and it doesn't stay still for you, just because you made a goal to do something doesn't mean the market's going to go, okay, you made that goal. I don't want to change, right? <laughs> it, that's not how it works, right? And so, Today, we're sitting here speaking, you know, it's uh, today, as we're recording this, it's July 11th. And by January 1st, the market could look vastly different than it does today. It could look the same, but it could look drastically different. I don't know. So we're ready to pivot. We're ready to, to you know, take advantage of opportunities if they come. And we're ready to, quite frankly, even sit on our hands if we need to. Yep, that's a, a good approach. Be ready for whatever may come. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, what are we going to talk about today, Matt? Well, we're going to continue our asset class series. And today we're going to talk about investing in land. All right, investing in land. The one piece of real estate that they're really not actually making more of, right? And when you think about real estate, I, I hear people say, ah, invest in real estate because they're not making more of it. Well, that is false. They are making more apartments. They are making more industrial buildings. They're making more retail and office and so on, but they 
definitely are not making more land. So that's the one investment they're certainly not making more of. And if you can buy land in the right location and do the right things, you can make a substantial amount of money and have an excellent investment. Well, I got to disagree with you on that point. I think Dubai is, you know, creating new islands uh, for real estate investment properties. <laughs> so that does touché, happen, but, but it's it's rare. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe they are making more in slight instances and they fill in ponds or, you know, stuff like that or change the landscape. But for the most part, okay, they're not making more. Yeah. Um. So... There's a lot of different ways to invest in land, Matt. I know you wrote about it in your book. What are what are some of the ways you um, explored? Generally, you're looking at flipping it or developing it. I guess those would be the, the two main paths. And then another, I guess, third way would be you, you buy it and then uh, lease it out or mortgage it out to somebody and then you you make cash flow from that mortgage. So it's kind of a combination of different styles of real estate investing, uh, depending on what you want to do and who your end user, your end buyer is going to be uh, with that yeah. land. Yeah. And I've looked at land, purchasing land before, and actually I have purchased land. Um, I purchased a few different, different parcels. One, uh, you know, or before I even became a real estate investor, purchased a property up in Wisconsin. Um, that was my first actually foray. I, I don't know if I really talk about it much, but that was my first foray into real estate is back in, uh, I believe it was 2003. I, I was, you know, 20, 2002, 2003, I was like 22. I uh, know I was 20, I would have been 20 or 21. Um, I bought my first piece of real estate. It was 10 acres um, and ended up selling it years later, but it was a recreational piece of property, uh, made a couple bucks on it. But that's a an, an instance of, you know, investing in potentially uh, land that could increase a lot in value. Um, but I've also done then, purchasing land and selling it to somebody who wants to develop. And that's definitely more profitable. Um, that, at least in that instance, it was very profitable. We purchased a piece of property. Um, we split it into several pieces, right? And we were able to sell each of those individual pieces for as much or more than our original purchase of the larger chunk. So we were able to make a substantial amount of money on that. Um, there's a lot of different ways. And, and I've looked at purchasing land as recreational use on my end. Um, I, I like to hunt. And so purchasing something I can hunt on, but then renting the farmland to a farmer and making income off that farmland. So that's another way and there's people that that's what they do quite frankly warren buffett owns a lot of farmland um he owns a ton of land in this country and he's leasing it out subleasing it to farmers so uh, there's there's definitely different ways you can you can skin the cat with land indeed and uh you know whatever land you're going to buy it's the same sort of adage with all real estate location matters so is it really accessible by road uh does it have access to resources of uh, you know, if you're going to redevelop it, it, does it have ability to get connected with the city grid and and uh, sewer and all that stuff? Um, yep. and, and exactly what what are you trying to do with it? And does it have the potential to become that? 
Yeah, that's that's where you can really make some good money if you're a, a land investor is what's its potential, right? The the buying it and keeping it and creating cash flow from leasing it to farmers. Certainly there's profit in that, but it's you know slow, steady cash flow, very little appreciation unless you're in a growth corridor uh, or you happen to get lucky and there's some mineral found or gold found or <laughs> oil found or something like that, right? But uh, for the most part, that type of land is just, you know, you're getting a few percentage on your uh, investment and it's slow, steady growth. That's it. And, and that's fine. But if you want to make the big money, um, you're going to get something that can be developed and you're going to change the use of it. So as you're maybe buying that farm that's been in the family forever, they haven't sold it, the city's starting to creep out into their area, you buy that piece of property and you either sell it off to a developer or you go into you know the city, the municipality and change its use from farm use, from agricultural use to, you know, light industrial, to residential, to whatever you want. Um, you can go as far as putting the road, roads, the, the gutter, the curb and gutter and all that kind of stuff and, you know, get everything set uh, and develop it yourself. Or again, after you change the use, you can sell it to a developer from there. So there's different strategies and there's actually middlemen that specialize in doing that. And they will actually just put an option on the piece of property. So they'll go to the farmer and they'll say, hey, I want to buy your property for X amount of dollars. They'll go into the city. They'll get the city to approve and they'll go to the developer and say, I'll sell it to you for this. And they never take hold of the property. They just make the fee basically in the middle. They might take hold of it for a short period of time or they're just wholesaling it. Yep. And, uh, one thing to consider when buying raw land is the mineral rights. Like uh, you want to have that clearly explained in the uh, transfer of title of of who owns the mineral rights. Is the pre the seller retaining some of that ownership, or are you getting everything? Uh, you know, so you don't want to you don't want to think you're getting the mineral rights when you're not. Yeah, that's a good point. In in every state and location is different. In in Minnesota, mineral rights aren't really much of a thing. Um, typically just comes with the land, but in other areas where oil or other minerals might be a, a big, you know, hot topic, it might be, you might not be able to even have the option of taking the mineral rights. They already might be purchased. You know, they are, they already are owned by a company, right? They've already been sold. So you might not even have that option. Uh, you want to make sure you know what you're buying when you're buying uh, land, especially in those areas. Same with the timber rights too. Uh, sometimes it's got great trees on it, uh, but you don't have timber rights. You know, I, I was looking at a property uh, not too long ago and they wanted, they were willing to sell it uh, and they were willing to give me a great price. And then when I looked through it, they had the rights to cut the trees down. And so I would have gotten this property basically stripped of the trees. And so I'd have got this vacant, you know, blank space of a property that I wanted for hunting. I wanted because it had beautiful woods on it, but the woods would have been cut down. So you got to know what you're buying. You got to pay attention to, to who has rights to what on your property. Yep. 
Exactly. And also you can take advantage of that too, Matt. You can buy a property that you know is in a hot zone for timber or mineral and you can buy it and then you can just go and sell the mineral rights, right? And then sell the property separately or keep that property. And you could make some pretty good money doing that too. Yep, indeed. Yeah, one of my friends actually, he owns some property or some land in uh, Colorado and he had leased it out to an oil company to do some oil exploration, but then they never did and the lease expired. And so now he's looking for another oil company to lease it out to uh, as well. Yeah. And he was probably able to make pretty nice money because they leased it. And the nice thing is they did nothing, right? So they did nothing to that property for whatever reason. And they paid them the whole time. So that, mm -hmm. that's a, obviously a win. The other thing you can do with your land too is, is when we talk about leasing it out, you can lease it to solar farm. You can lease it to a wind farm uh, dependent on your location and and if that's a, it's a good possibility there too. Indeed. So it's all about looking at what the potential is for you at that particular property, the location and what's around, uh, you know, is it a good place to redevelop into a, a mobile home park or an RV park? Uh, yep. All sorts of things to consider. Yeah. And look, I mean, we're talking about leasing out to people. Um, you know, if you buy a piece of property, so you think of somebody like me, I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd love to buy a piece of property that a farmer can farm at. It's got some good timber so I can um, hunt on it. But if you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not a hunter. That's not me, but I'd like to rent it to a farmer. There's, there's three, there's probably three different ways you might be able to make money on this property and maybe more. First of all, you can lease the crop land to a farmer. Second, you can lease the farmstead to somebody who's needing a place to rent in the area. Thirdly, you can lease the hunting rights to a group of hunters. So now you've got three different sources of income coming on that property. And possibly you can then cut the timber as well or have mineral rights that you can sell uh, as well. So you might be able to get, you know, several sources of income on a single property. So just be aware of all the all the various income sources that you can, you know, you can take advantage of on, on a single piece of property. Mm -hmm. And overall, I would say one clear benefit that uh, investing in raw land has over, let's say, multifamily is you don't have any tenants, or at least you shouldn't. There well, shouldn't be anybody camping on there. Uh, well, maybe. Like it depends what you do with it. Yeah, you might. Yeah. What if you make a campground and well, you have campers? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, look, even if you're renting it to the farmer, just much less to worry about, right? If you're renting it to a hunter, just much less to worry about if you're you know, got the mineral rights or whatever. You don't have to worry about too much. So yeah, there, you're not dealing with the tennis, the toilets and trash like you are with potentially the multifamily or even the commercial, uh, just dealing with a lot less. The one big negative though, Matt, is that land is not depreciable. So we can't depreciate our investment. So we can't take advantage of any tax benefits from it. So I would say that's a huge negative in my book, if you're looking for that, which I always am. But if you're not looking for it, of course, it's no big deal. Yep. But it is easy to get into it. And then also you think about like 
people who are thinking about doing flipping, uh, they watch all these TV shows on HDTV and it's all about flipping houses. And like, so there's like a, a huge collection of people who are doing flipping houses, but not very many people who are flipping land. So your competition is much smaller in the land investment space. Yeah. And we've had a couple of people on the podcast. Um, and I think, you know, we've had a couple of land developers on the podcast, uh, but for the most part, the people we've had on the show are people that, they we've had a couple guys that they they will buy property from somebody who's had it in their family for a long time they'll buy them at auctions they'll they'll buy them um you know for a fairly cheap price and they'll turn around and they'll flip them quickly or they'll actually do a lease option so let's say they buy this 10 acre piece of recreational property and they're buying it for two thousand dollars an acre okay and they'll go and they'll sell it for three thousand or maybe even four thousand an acre but they'll do seller financing and so now they're getting monthly cash flow right with like you said there's really no tenant i mean certainly the person that owns it is your tenant but not not like a single family house you don't have anything to fix up you don't have a house you know, unless it's a, there's a house on it, but then again, that's a single family. That's that's a different rental. So if it's just raw land, you got nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. And I you can, find... can burn your burn your woods down. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, and uh, you can find these raw land plots to invest in by either driving for dollars, like driving around town or the countryside to look for raw land. Uh, you can find them on Facebook sometimes, Craigslist, uh, LandWatch.com, uh, or FSBO.com. Or, or tend to be good resources uh, and the local newspaper, I suppose, too. Yeah. Um, the other place, too, is is when you're looking at um, estate sales, mm -hmm. you can, you know, a lot of times estate sales and auctions, a lot of these small towns will have land auctions. We were driving back from uh, Hayward, Wisconsin last week, and we saw an auction sign on the way back for land, you know, being auctioned off. You know, I don't know if that was going to be a great deal. I never dug into it, but uh, those there's didn't even have a website. It was going to be a local auction held on the property. Mm -hmm. So something that's not very high exposure, you're only getting probably the local people and a couple random people maybe that drove by and saw it, but that's it. Yeah, that sounds like a good, a good place to find it too. Uh, right. I suppose you still have, or you're going to have some competition at the auction. Versus... Certainly there's going to be some competition, but it's probably going to be less prevalent, right? You're not going to have people from all over the country. You're not going to have even people from all over the area. It's just going to be kind of the locals that are going to be there. If you're willing to pay a little bit more than them, you might get a deal and you might be able to then sell that to somebody else. Yep. If you can think of creative ways of like how, what's the potential of this land uh, and figure out a, a way to maximize your profits that maybe other people aren't thinking about, uh, then it, does, it might make sense to pay more than other people. Yep. Yep. Land is versatile. You know, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the things and, and, you know, you mentioned people camping out on your land as a joke, but that's true. Like if you can buy a piece of property, especially on a lake or near um, areas that are of high demand, you you depending on the, the codes and all that kind of stuff, but you can potentially rent that out pretty easily. 
uh, for people to camp on. You put a little bit of electricity in there. You maybe put a, um, you know, um, bathhouse in uh, at the most. You don't even have to do that necessarily if it's all campers, but you could do something like that and pretty quickly have a place where people can come to, they can pay for and and rent uh, and stay at. So uh, that that's an easy way to make money. I just got sent from one of my brokers, a uh, super awesome guy. And, uh, I would love to do it. I, it's, you know, too much of a distraction for me, but, uh, I would love to do it is, is they got these like canvas huts and you can buy, buy these canvas huts for anywhere from like 20,000 to a hundred thousand, um, uh, that are actually, I think even less than 20,000, but they're furnished and everything. And, uh, and you can rent those out for good money for like a hundred bucks to 200 bucks a night. Uh, and all you need is some land to do it. So there's a lot of, a lot of different options. Of course, you need to get the approval from the local municipality or County, whatever, but there's a lot of different options out there for land. Very good. Cool, man. Um, what else are we missing anything? I'm sure we're missing a lot, but. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of details that we're we're not covering. We're kind of just going high overhead type of stuff. But uh, yeah, if you wanted to find out more, you know, go back to our our list of uh, podcasts. YouTube is really easily searchable, and and just search for land flipping or whatnot, and uh, you can uh, uh, get some good information that way from those other episodes. Yeah, was the book that you reviewed? Do you, what was that one? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, that was by E.B. Farmer uh, called The Land Flipper. The land flipper. Good. And I think he was on the show as well. So or I know he was on the show. So yeah, he even has a program, like a, a training program to teach people how to successfully flip land as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if you're listening to this and you've got a great piece of hunting property, you got a lead on and it's in Minnesota or Wisconsin, and it can also be doubled up as um, farmland where I can lease out and make some money or even break even, give me a call like to uh like to look at buying that piece of property um otherwise man uh matt really appreciate it and uh to the listeners make every day a saturday hey thanks so much for listening i appreciate you being a loyal listener say i would love to have you go on to our facebook page and subscribe uh give us a thumbs up Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.